Hello again, it's Elizabeth here, and today I want to talk to you about expectations. Here on A Blessing and Divorce, we talk about mindset and relationships and all the things that kind of come with life as we go through something like divorce. A lot of the feelings we go through when we're going through a divorce is a, is a letdown or disappointment of expectations of someone else. So usually a partner in life, a spouse, um, you know, husband, wife, whatever, uh, something has happened where our expectations and needs were not met and we've been disappointed and hurt. And, and so we end up in this situation where there's a breakup. But these things can happen in all relationships. So today, as you listen to this episode, I want you to take what you what naturally feels that it is meant for you because you might not be able to apply this to perhaps your divorce, but it might show up in a friendship or a coworker or with one of your children. We have so many relationships and so many that are so important to us. So I think one of the first things we need to do to maintain those relationships is to manage our own expectations around them. So let's talk about that today. I'm glad you're here with me and I look forward to having this conversation with you. Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. I am so grateful to be allowed into your headset and day today. My name is Elizabeth and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of The Separation Club, which is the club you never wanted to be part of, but the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce. Here we talk about how to heal, move forward and find love if you're so inclined. Also, motherhood through divorce, finding yourself, and creating the life you deserve. Our tools are community, sisterhood, honesty, vulnerability, spirituality, and coaching, and that's when we aren't talking to our experts. I'm also a divorced mother of four adult sons, remarried, and a stepmom to three, so we will be talking about everything that goes with all of that here. If you are recently separated, thinking of separating, divorcing, or even beyond your divorce, but still feeling it, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back. So I want to talk about relationships today, unlike other days. I know I talk about this every week, but I want to talk about things like expectations of each other and loyalty and friendship and what it is that we yeah, simply expect from the people that are in our lives, the people that are the most important, the people that um, whose friendship, relationship, um, love, uh, presence in our lives we really value. And it can be with anyone. I mean, you know, obviously a lot of the conversations here on The Blessing and Divorce is about our partners, our, our romantic partners, um, life partners. But also, you know, there's there's relationships we have with our families, our parents, our children, um, extended family, co-workers, friends, there are so many people in our lives that come in and out through the years that mean a lot to us. Some mean more than others. Some, um, yeah, just have a greater impact on our lives than others. But the coming and the going of them and the level at which that somebody has the ability to hurt you, if you will, sits with, a lot of that sits with you, honestly, and your expectations of people. So I think a, a term that comes to mind is loyalty, for example. Uh, you know, what is our expectation of a, a spouse, for example? Loyalty and faithfulness, right? That'd be one of them. And I know, you know, recently in, in the Rising Free membership, we had this conversation about what is your non-negotiables on your list of what you're looking for in a, in a new romantic partner, right? 
and you know faithfulness loyalty came up because they were asking me what are my my non-negotiables and they said well isn't that obvious and i think i think in many ways it is to ask for that from your friends and from your your spouse but i don't know that it's the top for everybody and i do believe it needs to be said and with that i think it's you know it comes to mind this need for us to express our expectations of people we might think it's a given that we want humor we might think it's a given that we want loyalty and friendship um, from the people in our lives but the thing is what how do we define loyalty how do we define faithfulness you know some people have open relationships so faithfulness takes on a whole different definition um, for friends you know what are the expectations around when you include this person and when you might not or you know is it okay to go and have some do this and this with someone else and not invite like there's all these dynamics that come with our relationships that if it's somebody who means a lot to you they need to be expressed it needs to be shared and then we also need to understand the difference between what we expect from someone which sits with us by the way that has to do with our needs and what we would like to have happen and how we see the world as playing out in the best way but we have to pair up these expectations with the experience that other people are having in life you know does are my expectations of this person at this particular time unreasonable for example are they going through something in their life where I can't expect this person to be there for me as a friend because they're dealing with something huge right now, like, for example, divorce. And I know a lot of you who listen to this have gone through or are going through divorce. And you know what a, like a huge impact it has just on your, like your day-to-day existence and how you show up every day and how many days there were when all you could manage was getting out of bed and putting your clothes on and getting the kids to school or getting yourself to work in some capacity. If on top of that, you had a friend expecting things from you, that just might have been the thing that would put you over the edge. Instead, you are actually in a position of needing something from your friends, like support and patience and understanding. You need it from your family. You need it from the people around you because you're going through something that is really a crisis and when we're in crisis, we're not able to necessarily be whatever for other people. We just don't have the capacity. We're surviving. That's all we're doing. We're surviving. So I think it's so important to be, first of all, very clear with yourself. What are my expectations here? Like when you feel a conflict or something happens where you are not getting what you want out of the situation, plain and simple, like it's just not playing out the way you wanted it to. You thought it was going to be this and it's becoming this, right? The first question has to be with yourself. Well, what was I expecting? Were my expectations reasonable? Were they reasonable of this person at this time? You know, did I communicate my expectations? Did did this person even know what I wanted from them at this time? And am I listening to what they have to say? Like, am I receiving their information in a neutral or even an understanding and compassionate way? I know it seems like a lot. And it's like, oh, it's all my fault? Absolutely not. It's not about blame. And that's the thing. We have to take blame and all of that out of it. Because when it comes to blame... Blame is about making yourself feel better. 
when we push it over on someone else and we say, well, it's their fault, their expectations were unreasonable, or they didn't live up to mine, or they didn't come through as a friend, or, you know, my my husband or wife cheated on me and I feel betrayed and they, it's all their fault. Sure, what they chose to do has had a devastating impact on your relationship. No question. Had they not done that, things might be really different. 100%. But we also have to then look at, are your expectations? So what were your expectations, for example, in your marriage? Mine were definitely one of loyalty and fidelity and kindness and and friendship. Um, and I, I expected that and I got that actually for a long time and then I didn't anymore. So what changed? Whatever, something changed, whether it was our dynamic that changed, um, me that changed, him that changed, or both or all of those things, something changed. And so expectations weren't being met anymore and loyalty no longer was uh, a standard that was you know, present between us. Um, and so all of those things change the entire dynamic. And that's when we have to reassess, you know, what I expect from a marriage, for example, was it just wasn't being met anymore. It wasn't happening. You know, my um, ex-husband had an affair eight years prior to our marriage ending. And at that time, he did everything right, if you will. Like we went to counseling. Um, he showed He showed in his actions and his words that he valued me, our relationship, our marriage, our family, and he made every effort to make the changes that were needed. When he did it again, first of all, when it happens again, you definitely have to take a look at that pattern. But the biggest difference, honestly, as to why our marriage ended that time was because none of those things were happening. There was no remorse. There was no apology, really. Like There was some, but not... And at no point did I feel like this, like that he felt that he had really messed up this time. It was more of a, I don't know how this happened. And what eventually became, it's your fault because, you know, everything was blamed on me eventually. But there was none of this sort of commitment to us and to me and to the family and to the kids that I was hearing. And so then it couldn't work. Plus, here's the other thing. I was no longer having my other emotional needs met in our marriage prior to that, maybe because he was having an affair for a year. But even before that, you know, we just had problems and it it just there were a lot of needs that were not being met, a lot of emotional needs and possibly for him as well. I never really heard that from him, but that's probably more because he didn't know how to communicate it. But bottom line was, I didn't want that kind of a marriage anymore. So I didn't want to fight for it again. I didn't want to go through all that I had to go through post-affair betrayal to heal once again and go through all of that repair once again because I didn't feel we had something worth fighting for. And I didn't have any expectations that we would be able to have a different marriage. I just didn't. So that was the end of it for us. But when we, so when we look at when there's a fallout with our friends or a coworker, we have a challenging relationship with our boss or something like that. How do we manage that? Like we, we're not always in the situation where we can just divorce someone and just walk away and be done. It doesn't always, it, that's just not always an option. So what can we do in those situations? You know, we can, we can take a look at, you know, what are, 
what are my expectations of this relationship? What is it that I'm expecting to get from this person, to experience with this person? Have I told them that? Like, so I went through all these questions already. You know, have I asked? Have I told them? You know, am I being realistic? Am I holding up my end? Have I asked them what their expectations of me are like, or maybe I'm not clear on those expectations, which is why I feel like I'm letting them down all the time or like they seem mad at me all the time or whatever it may be, right? I just think it's so important to start with, start here with yourself within and just really explore how did this happen? This rift, this conflict, this um, hurt feelings, this sense of betrayal, and I, you know, for those of you who are listening here, you most likely got married a long time ago. You met your ex a long time ago or soon to be ex. And, you know, having that initial conversation or the days of even the option of having a conversation like this is long gone. And, you know, that is what it is. But let's learn as we move forward and take with us sort of the experience uh, and, and kind of like, yeah, just figure out what it is that we want from people and learn how to express that and say that so we can truly know if our needs are not being met because someone doesn't want to meet them or isn't capable or if their needs are not being met because they don't even know that those are our needs because we haven't said anything. And I know it can be really hard sometimes when you come out of a a long-term relationship where maybe, you know, there's just been a lot of conflict. Maybe there's been some toxic behavior, some abusive put-downs and gaslighting, or who knows? Like, just shit has happened, okay? And so you might be in a place where you find it really hard to ask for what you want. But the truth is that the person on the other end, your friend, your coworker, your partner, your kids, they deserve to hear what it is that you need from them, what you'd like to experience, And then they can express where they fall on that. You know, is that something they feel that they're able to give now that they know? Or does that feel difficult for them? You know, just having those conversations. So that's a little bit about how to manage your expectations with other people. But I want to talk a bit about the things that we tend to get attached to and also therefore hurt by. And words like loyalty and having my back and support and being there for you, you know, all those things come to mind. This terminology that we attach to relationships, not that it's wrong. Um, We want what we want and we need what we need, right? Um, I know for me, it's really important to me that the people in my life have my back. But do they know that, right? And do they know what that means? In what capacity? To what extent do I expect them to have my back? What does that mean? So the thing that often happens when we are not having our needs met and we don't get what we expect from our the people in our life and our partners is we get disappointed and we feel hurt and then we think, well, maybe if I do more, right? So then the whole people-pleasing aspect comes in where you're constantly doing for the other person, you're doing all the things that you want them to do for you, you're doing beyond what they're ever asking you for and you start to get exhausted um you're neglecting your own needs you are um becoming resentful because you're giving so much to these people this person whoever and you're not getting it back and i i talk to people or women every day who express or define themselves or or describe themselves as people pleasers i'm such a people pleaser i did everything you know i 
gave everything I had. I made, you know, his needs or her needs such a priority and I did everything I could for this relationship. I gave so much and it was never good enough and it was never this. And in other words, I gave so much of myself more than I wanted to and I didn't get it back. And there's resentment there and there's pain there and you feel used and you feel betrayed, especially if the person then just kind of wandered off with someone else. And maybe now they're doing different things with that person and they're actually meeting that person's needs in the way that they never met yours. But here's the thing you have to ask yourself is, did did my partner ever ask me to do all those things? Was this something that that he needed from me? Was this something that they wanted me to do every day? Um, maybe what the people in your life who love you really want from you is for you to love yourself enough to meet your own needs. And then they can just be there to add to that and, and you know, be there for you and cheer you on and not be the one and only who can give you what you need. I don't think anybody wants that kind of pressure. I really think the only people in the world who should be sitting in a, in a place of having to meet someone's needs because it's imperative and it's only them that can do it is as a parent of young children. You know, when you have young kids, they literally depend on you for their life. So of course, the expectation is that we have to do for them. But when you're talking about two adults, whether it's a friendship, like I said, a co-workers or whatever, we have to manage our place in the world. We have to think about where we fit and where we want to fit and where everybody else fits. And we have to stop creating a scenario or an expectation or this environment where we think that everybody's thinking about what we want all the time and where everybody cares what we want. The reality is everyone, including you, are thinking about themselves. Everybody's thinking about what they want out of a situation. And then they try to get that. And then they don't get it and they blame someone. Oh, my needs are not being met. Or that person didn't live up to expectations. Or that person isn't being a good friend or isn't being loyal. 99% of the time when somebody is not doing something that you wish they were doing that they maybe used to do or they're not being kind or they're letting you down, it's because of something that's going on with them. Very rarely is it because they want to be mean to you. They don't want to hurt you. They don't get up in the morning and think, I'm going to let my friend down today or I'm going to hurt my spouse today. No one does that. I mean, if they do, they're psychotic and good riddance. Like, just get them out of your life. But that's not who I'm talking about today. I'm talking about just like just relationships, okay? Nobody gets out of bed wanting to hurt people. Everybody gets out of bed wanting to have a good day for themselves. Everybody gets out of bed wanting to have a good day with everyone else. Maybe you get out of bed in the morning and you have a pounding headache and you don't feel like being around anyone. And the first person you see at work, you kind of responded a bit grumpily to them because you just feel like crap. Should that person go for the rest of the day thinking something's wrong with them because you seem to be grumpy when you responded to their good morning? No. You probably didn't even notice that you responded in that way. You probably also might not have noticed how they felt when they walked away from you or even give it a second thought because all you're thinking about is that you feel like crap this day, right? But they might have received it differently and would you want them to go off thinking that they did something wrong or that they should worry about, oh, did something happen and that person's mad at me? No, that person should walk away going, I think somebody started off with a bad day today, so I'm not gonna take that personally. And that, by the way, 
I wanted to, it brings me to the four agreements, which I'm sure you've heard about. Maybe you've read the book, but I think it's always really good to remind ourselves of these things as we, you know, as we deal with stuff in life. And I think the four agreements is one of those things that just really just kind of hits it home, you know, like, okay, let's just remember the four agreements in life because they're so good and so important when it comes to how we relate to other people and how we perceive or accept or receive how they relate with us, right? So the four agreements, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. I'm going to get back to this in a minute. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. So um, this is an amazing book that was written by Don Miguel Ruiz a long time ago. Uh, and it's been around and you may have read it. You might, ha- might have it sitting at home. Maybe you should read it again. Everybody should read it on a regular basis, I think, or at least review it or just remember the four agreements. Like just put them on your fridge. So let's just talk about those for a minute because they just really, they just really hone in on what's important. So the first one being be impeccable with your word. It does, it means be honest. That's this is how I perceive it anyway. But, you know, being honest, being clear, being true to your word, which is being honest. For me, it also, it's about not assuming or not placing expectations or, you know, qualities or standards on others that we don't live up to ourselves. So sometimes when we have these huge expectations of our friends or our spouses, we have to ask ourselves, am I doing that for them though? Am I, do they feel that I have their back as much as I wish they would have mine? Like, am I stepping up in the same way that I am wanting them to? We need to ask ourselves that. So anyway, be impeccable with your word. Be honest, be true, be clear. And also be kind and compassionate when you speak, when you're when you're expressing something that doesn't feel great or that you're not happy about, or maybe you're really angry or upset because of something that happened. Make sure you wait with talking to someone about it until you feel calm enough to to express yourself without saying things you don't mean because you're angry or hurt, right? So if somebody needs space to, to calm down or to get some um, distance from the situation, then give it to them. Okay, so the next one is to not take anything personally. And that is really, really, really hard. So everything I've talked about with expectations and loyalty and being a good friend and being a good spouse and being, you know, that, that having your back and all these things. And then something happens. It happens all the time. Like little things get said, little things happen where we just suddenly feel, oh, that hurt or that felt, oh, I feel really sad about that or then disappointed or something, right? And then, and then here I come along and say, don't take that so personally. <laughs> but the thing is, again, 99.9% of the time when somebody does something or says something that hurts you, it's because of something that's going on with them and it's not really about you. It might have been triggered by something you said or did, but it's not ultimately about you. The third agreement is not to make any assumptions. Don't make any assumptions. And it's it's such an important one because again, when we're making assumptions, we are placing feelings or ideas or thoughts into someone else's experience or their behavior that we don't even know are true. 
we don't know exactly what they were thinking that day. We don't know exactly why they did anything. We don't know what they've gone through. It could be a stranger who behaves really badly towards you. We have no idea what their day was like that day. We know nothing about them. Do not make assumptions. And again, don't make assumptions that this is about you. Don't make assumptions that, you know, they did that because they are mad at you or because they are unfaithful or because blah, blah, blah. You know, like don't make up a story that you don't know to be true. Don't make assumptions. Ask them. Say to if someone who's close to you, matters to you, really hurt my feelings when you said that or did that. I'm just wondering why that happened or, or what that was triggered by. Give them a chance to talk to you. They might not even realize that they upset you. And even if they do, that is a very compassionate way to step into that conversation where they then there's space for them to say, you know, I'm sorry I hurt you. I, I can see that I did that. It was because I'd had a really bad day. Or in fact, I was actually kind of upset with you because of this and this. It's like, okay, but let's talk about it. It just creates an opening where we say, okay, I care. I care about this. I don't really understand your, you know, your behavior or your, your choice of words or why you, you, you were seemed so upset with me. I don't really understand why. So I'm asking you instead of making assumptions, oh, it must be because of this or this. And we create this whole narrative and story in our head that might be completely wrong. So let's not do that because we can get really worked up about these things. That's what gossip does, by the way. You know, did you hear this? And not everybody adds their own little interpretation and version to the story. And suddenly the story blows up into something that it never was. It never was intended to be that. And suddenly there's a problem and there wasn't supposed to be one. And now that has to be fixed. And there never was a problem in the first place. So let's not be part of that process. Let just... Have the courage, honestly, have the courage to go to someone and say, you really hurt my feelings yesterday. I don't understand why that happened. Can we talk about it? Or you could even start more gently than that. I was wondering if we could talk about what happened yesterday. I'm feeling kind of not good about it. I feel kind of hurt. So you're making it about you, not making it about what they did. Like, I'm curious as to why that happened or can we talk about it? Just start there, start there. And by the way, if you're with someone who's not interested in having that conversation, whether it's a friend or a family member or your partner in life, then you need to take a look at that relationship and wonder if it's really for you anymore. Anyway, let's move on to the fourth agreement, which is to always do your best, which I think I kind of covered even in just how I talked about having that conversation. But always do your best. What does that mean to you? You know, if I'm going to be the best friend I can be, the best you know, spouse that I can be, the best parent that I can be, the best coworker that I can be, the best boss that I can be, whatever it is, how can I be a leader? How can I be compassionate? It's not about how can I make everyone like me or how much do I have to give and, and exhaust myself so that people will like me more. It's not about that. It's about how can I be the best person that I can be? How can I show up as the person that I want to be in my heart, that I know I am, who I really want to show up as? You know, if you want to be someone who's loyal and faithful and kind and compassionate with people, if that's sort of like, that's who I want to be in life, how can I show up as that person? How can I address this conflict as that person? How can I help create an environment in my relationships where compassion and kindness and loyalty and respect and fun and whatever is part of the 
it's just part of the dynamic and part of the relationship. Always do your best. It's the only thing you can control. You cannot people please other people to be at their best. People pleasing does not bring out the best in other people. It makes them feel manipulated at times. It makes them feel um, kind of exhausted, like stop doing so much because I didn't ask you to and now I feel beholden to you. A lot of people pleasers are manipulative actually and very codependent. And I know again that that's not their intent. Their intent is to try to create this relationship, this closeness, this um, this love that they need. They want to bring that to them by continuously pleasing this person. But if they're doing it to the point where it's too much because you're getting exhausted doing it all and the other person's feeling kind of smothered with all this, you know, doing and favors and constant sort of, you know, I'll take care of this, I'll take care of this, you you know, just I'm trying to run your whole life so that you will love me more. That's actually can feel really difficult for the person on the receiving end of it. So always be and review, by the way, talk to yourself, ask yourself, okay, there seems to be some conflict. I'm, I'm feeling resentful. I'm feeling angry these days. I'm feeling annoyed with this friend. I'm feeling kind of on edge with my my spouse, you know, what's going on? Um, ask yourself first so that you're very clear with yourself on what feels out of sorts with you specifically. And then maybe also ask yourself, how can I approach this conversation so that it doesn't feel blamey for the other person? They don't feel like I'm putting them on the spot or putting them on the defensive. And just kind of go into it saying, like, I've been feeling a bit off lately, or I feel a bit distant from you, or I feel a bit like we've lost some of our closeness, and I'm just, I really would like to talk about it, is now a good time, right? And then make it about you. I've been feeling this. I've noticed this. I'm wondering about this. Can you help me understand? You know, whatever. Instead of the, you're not doing this, and you're not doing that, you could say something like, I've noticed that you've stopped doing this particular thing that I love that you do. And I'm wondering if there's a reason, like are you going through something or is life feeling really stressful for you right now? Or I'm wondering why you stopped doing that. And they might not know that they stopped. They might think that you didn't, it didn't matter anymore. And now, now that they know that it does, they'll start again. Um, it could be any number of things. So, you know, it kind of goes back to like, don't make assumptions, don't take it personally. Just find out what's going on. So put those four agreements up somewhere where you see them all the time. And then when you feel something, go through all four of them and see if you come to an answer. And if you still have some questions, then you can be specific and you can go to that person you can ask. And I feel like I'm talking in circles here, so I want to stop doing that. But I really, I, I feel there's so much conversation in my Facebook group about, you know, how their partner or their ex rather is treating them when the relationship is over. And of course there's conversation about how they were treated when they were still together. But there's just a lot of conversation obviously around like, I can't believe they're just walking away and they're not trying. And, and you know, my, my, my spouse doesn't want to try anymore and I really want to work on it and they don't. And that's devastating. 
It's really devastating. Your expectations are way off and out of sync, right? Like you, what you want in life, what you want out of this relationship is no longer synced up. And of course, that's devastating for you. And I understand that. Um, it's devastating for anyone. If you're on the other end where the other person wants to work on it and you're the one who's done, it's really hard to be on that end as well. And so I think it's, I would, I would compel you to be honest with yourself and be compassionate with the other person you know, understand how they're feeling, allow for those feelings, even if that doesn't feel good for you. Uh, you know, if the other person's the one who wants to keep working on it and you're not, and they express that, allow that. They don't have to keep saying it all the time, but allow them to express that and just say, I understand. And I, I, I hate that you're hurting, but I, I'm just not there anymore. And I, I can't be, but I'm really hoping that we can continue forward and, and, and maintain open conversation and some level of friendship in whatever way that that's possible for you because I know that you're feeling very hurt and a bit angry right now for example like recognizing how they feel and that it's okay and I actually think a lot of the problems start when the person who's leaving the marriage have have an expectation that the other person's not going to be mad at them not going to be upset with them because they're somehow justified in leaving and ending and whether you're, you are or you're not, it's actually relevant. That's your experience. Their experience is entirely different. Allow them to have it. Allow them to have that experience. It isn't yours. And don't take their anger personally. It's, it's part of their journey and what they need to go through. Let them. Don't take it so personally. Don't be so, I can't believe they're so angry and they're being this. And now I know why I'm leaving. And ah, there's no need to do all that. Just be nice. Don't take it personally. Always do your best, right? Don't make assumptions and be impeccable with your word. What can I say? I think those are great lessons in life. I think so many problems even within relationships are created. I think a big reason relationships end is because we don't clearly express our expectations. We don't clearly express our needs. We don't allow for the other person to understand them and to, and to share back how they feel about it whether they even feel able to give that to you. Maybe they're, maybe, you know, you're dealing with someone who's emotionally just not as um, emotionally tuned in as you are. So this person, when you're talking about these feelings and they're kind of sitting there thinking, wow, I don't even know what to do here. I don't know what the answer is. Then explain and ask them, you know, how can I explain this to you best? Would you like to hear it from me? Would you do you would you like me to recommend some books? And do it in a way where it doesn't make them feel stupid. You know, don't say things like, Oh, I've told you this a thousand times. I can't believe you don't know. I had somebody reach out to me the other day who said to me, um, you know, this is what my partner is telling me, and I don't understand it. And this person won't explain it to me because they feel like I should know what it is but I don't, and I don't understand. So can you explain it to me, Elizabeth? That's basically like, can you tell me what that is so that I can try to meet this person's needs? But that's a horrible way to do it because the person that I was talking to was feeling really, well, I don't know exactly, but I tend to think they were feeling a bit, um, stupid is the wrong word, but you know, like something where they just really felt inadequate. That's a word, better word. They felt really inadequate and like they should know, but they didn't. And they didn't, they should understand, but they didn't. And when you, when you choose to take the approach, well, you should know, I've told you a thousand times. Well, then 
then maybe you need to change how you say it. Because if you've said it a thousand times, a hundred times, 50 times, 10 times, and this person doesn't get it, then you need to explain it differently. It doesn't help to just go, well, figure it out. It doesn't work. It, it's not a, it's, that's not partnership. That's not, let's make this work together. This is just simply, you're wrong, I'm right, you figure it out or else. That's kind of the tone of that. So what's that gonna do to the other person? It's gonna make them feel like I said inadequate. It's gonna put them on their heels, very defensive. They're gonna feel like something's always wrong with them. Um, and none of us get to sit there and go, I'm perfectly right and you are perfectly wrong. <laughs> always that's just not the way the world works and that's not how relationships work so I would love to hear from you I would love to hear your expectations your list of non-negotiables from the people in your life and I'm going to say to you what I say to all my clients that that list can only be three to five things there's no way that we have 20 things that we require absolutely require from the people in our life that's not fair because there's no way you're giving those 20 things to people so think about the three or four really important core values that you expect from yourself and that you also expect from people in your life towards you make sure that if you have high expectations of others that you have high expectations of yourself as well and yeah really take an assessment of what you want out of the various relationships and then ask yourself have i have i shared that with these people do they even know you know am i getting those things like just sit down and do a little bit of a review if you will of the important relationships in your life and most importantly of yourself because that's the thing you are the only one who can really impact yourself and that's the only part you can. You can't change other people. You can't change how they do things. You can't choose for them. You can't make them do something they don't want to do. So you just have to be really clear with yourself about what you're willing to do, what you're willing to tolerate, what you're willing to live with, um, what you're not, and get a really good understanding of how you can impact change in your life and with the people that you love. So having said all that, I also know that there's a really important element in our life that we all need, especially when we're going through something difficult, and that's community. And interestingly, when we're going through something difficult, like divorce, we tend to withdraw. We'll reach out so that we can have someone kind of feel sorry for us, but we also tend to withdraw. And if there's one thing I've seen inside the Separation Club, the Facebook group, the membership, the retreats, it is the absolute, well, the huge benefit that comes with community. Being around others who truly understand because they're either walking the path with you or they have or they're about to and they, they get it. They really want to be there for you just like you want to be there for them. They understand it's a sisterhood. It's a shared experience. There's so much comfort and healing and support that's found when you are with people who have a shared experience. So I want to invite you to this kind of a community. Um, I've talked about this before, but I really want to, I want you to give this some serious thought. So I have a rising free membership, it's called. And it's about rising and being free in life and feeling free from pain constantly and so on. Anyway, the rising free membership is exactly what you're looking for. It is a community of women who are walking the path with you. And I'm really doing sort of an overhaul of it because 
I have some members who've been in there for two to three years. This membership just turned three years in April. And there are people who've been there with me from the beginning and I love them. And they're the cornerstone of why this works. But what we really need is you, you who's feeling alone, you who's still not found that place. You really just need someone to hold their hand through this, someone they can reach out to when they need something, someone who, who understands, plain and simple, where you can just speak about your pain, speak about what you're going through, and they go, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. In addition to that, I run coaching calls through there. Um, we have a call every week, so it's a variety of calls. We talk about mindfulness, we do meditation, we do moon rituals, but we also do coaching on things like overcoming narcissistic abuse, healing from an affair, um, managing co-parenting, codependency, uh, all of those things get talked about inside the membership on these calls. I know how much you can learn and grow from being on those calls. And so you are invited to be the next wave, to be part of this new community. So you can be part of building it for for people like yourself and for those coming up, those who are stepping into this pain, the women that you just, you know, you see them in the group and they're like, I don't know what to do. I feel so alone. I want you to be one of the army that says, hey, come here and be with us. And I want to say to you, to you, come here and be with us. We can hold you through this. We can create that safe place for you where you can learn and grow and heal and find that peace and love within you to move forward with, to learn the lessons that I've talked about today, where you can talk it out and nobody is judging or thinking that, oh, you messed up because you didn't. You did the best you could when you were dealing with whatever you were dealing with and we get it. So I will include all the details to join the Rising Free membership below. Um, It is a paid membership, but oh my God, the value is incredible. Not to mention the dozens of coaching calls that you can access in the vault, like past coaching calls that you can dip into whenever you need them. You're sitting there at midnight and you can't sleep because you're having a problem with whatever. And then you can just jump into the vault, find that call, and you can go ahead and get some comfort. So I look forward to seeing you on our calls. We meet every week on Tuesdays at different times to accommodate for time zones and schedules. And um, yeah, I'll stop talking about it. I'll include the link in the show notes. I look forward to seeing you there. And I just want you to know that you're not alone. You know, we're, we're doing this together. And I've, I've walked the path before and I am way past it now, which is why I can help. And. I think it's, you know, one of the things that they so much love about being in there with me is that I've lived this experience. I know exactly what you're going through. So with that being said, I hope that this was a value to you today. I wish you the most beautiful rest of your day or new day or tomorrow, and depending on when you're listening to this, thank you once again for allowing me into your headsets. Um, and to come with you on the walk or car ride or wherever you listen to this today. Or if you are watching it on YouTube, thank you so much. And I'll talk to you again really soon. Until next time, have a beautiful day.